Good morning, and welcome to the Owner the Owner Everything HR podcast. If you are a business owner, you already know that owning a company can be complex. There are a zillion moving parts, and when you add employees to the mix, things get even more complex. And that's where Everything HR come in. We are human capital experts. We are problem solvers. We do one thing, and that's HR. And today, the podcast here today is here designed to give you information, whether you do business in your home state or across the United States. We're here to serve you and provide you with best practices. You'll get the opportunity to hear from others that have been in your shoes. You'll also get the opportunity to hear from local experts, too, as well. Today's topic is about why are today's young workforce stressed out? And so today we have here with us Kasasha Harris, Marilyn Davis, and Andrew Humphill. And so I'm going to let each of them give you the opportunity to hear from them and their background. Kasasha? My name is Kasasha Harris. I am the Operations Supervisor of Everything HR. I have been with Everything HR since 2012. My name is Marilyn Davis, and I am a human resource generalist with Everything HR, and I've been with Everything HR since November of 2015. My name is Andrew Huckfell. Uh, I'm the software developer at Everything HR. I've been with the company since 2017. And I am your host, Felicia Harris, and I, have, I began Everything HR in 2012, and but I have... Uh, Everything HR Financial Services is 33 years old. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and get started and talk about some of the misconceptions today that millennials carry uh, there with them in regards to some misconceptions, okay? So we're going to try and identify some of those and walk through each of those together. So who wants to get us started? What are some of the primary misconceptions that you see that go about with millennials? Um, one that I've noticed is that they, well, the misconception that millennials job hop and go to job to job, which is, I think, is a misconception because they might be looking for a different opportunity or maybe um, another position that offers a little more. Do you guys agree with that? I agree with that. I do believe that millennials aren't job offers. I think everybody looks for um, a better opportunity and a better position if they see that opportunity out there. Do you agree, Andrew? Uh, if you're looking at different generations, I, I would say millennials should job hop more because of the more opportunities out there. So they have they can go out there and get the jobs that they want. They don't have to stick where they don't want to be. Okay, now I'm going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> okay, why? Uh, I have no problem with the person advancing to another level. but and, and this is just not for millennials, but it's across the spectrum. Do millennials do a good job as advocating growth in their current position? So instead of, quote, unquote, job hopping from company to company, do you think it looks better on a resume if you see that you're advancing within the same organization? Because it means you're growing within that organization. 
Yeah, I do. I do think it, it does look better on your on the resume, and then it also shows that you have longevity to stay with a, a company for a period of time. But I believe sometimes they might feel like the opportunity to go somewhere else might offer more advancement in their search for what they're looking for. I agree, too. It does look a, a lot better, actually, when somebody can look at your resume and see that you have have moved from um, different positions. And then show the various skills that you might have um, that is that they're looking for that will help them grow. Okay. Because, I mean, obviously there's value in being able to grow with a company or organization. And so I understand that we had a little bit of technical difficulty. Someone just told me that we were uh, had switched off for a second. So I'm going to revert back and ask the question I had asked previously. And that question was, as a millennial, how do you, you know, advance in that same organization? You're looking for um, experience. You're looking to expand in whatever career field or avenue that you've chosen to go in. If there is an opportunity at that organization, how do, how do you get them to notice you in that organization, number one? And number two, how do you present yourself? I would say it's important to be consistent with the role that you are in now. And if you are looking to look at other opportunities within the company, you can also look at job shadowing. Some companies offer the job shadowing where you can see the day-to-day things that that department does. Right, and then I just kind of piggybacked on that a little bit and said maybe you want to speak with your immediate supervisor or leadership within an organization to let them know that you are interested in advancing in the company and let them know what kind of skill sets that you have that they might be looking for for that new position or to move and help and grow the organization. Do you participate if, if there is, if they're doing performance evals, do you participate in your growth strategy for yourself? And, and, and where do you align yourself with that mission and vision of that company? Oh, I believe that you do participate um, with the evaluation. That's very important when it comes to your, your growth because that shows that you are determined and you are willing to make a change if there are changes needed. I agree. Um, definitely been involved in your um, in your evaluation and also um, trying to let your supervisor know that you are interested in growing and what can you do, find out, you know, if there's various um, maybe classes or um, certifications or anything that you need to help you grow and get to where you want to be with an organization. It's great to have that feedback. How do you keep yourself up to date, though, and, and what the organization is doing and involved in? How, how, how do you do that? What, what are some ideas for individuals to do that to advance within their current company? Um, I say it's always important to be proactive, whether it's helping a supervisor, helping a coworker. That's being proactive. That's staying up to date and always being aware of the changes that are going on within your company that you're working for. Mm-hmm. Just asking, you know, what's going on within an organization, um, keeping up with it yourself, um, following, you know, the company on various social media, your own company on social media sites to see what's going on with the company so you can speak to it 
if you ever were um, asked about it. Okay. How do you guys ever know? All of you know that know me. I always like to tie in the financials, tying in, you know, your goals along with the company's goals and then doing more of the strategic planning process. That's what we do. We're HR. So how do you present yourself in tying in your skill set with the objectives of the company? What what are ideas of doing that to make sure, you know, your your skill set is tied into the, the direction that the company is going in or the things that the company aspires to do? How do you keep yourself relevant? Well, that's kind of like where I say, like, if you – um, participate in different, I, I guess, organizations or even um, seek out various educational uh, resources or certifications. Whatever you see that the, the, where the organization is moving and you align it with how you want your professional career to grow, that's very important. So since we're on this topic from the, on, from the workforce side and their advancement, what areas do you see in there are stressful to millennials today? I would say probably the training portion because they always feel like they could be learning more and they don't want to feel left behind. Um, another area, um, you mean like what do millennials like make them stress out and yeah. their work would probably be technology is something that's big because now everybody is always connected uh, via email, cell phones, Work emails, work cell phones, like they're always connected, and some people might feel an obligation to answer um, when or not at work or to respond um, in order to to feel relevant or to grow with the company or feel needed. But is that a millennial thing, or is that just straight across the board because everybody has gotten attached to their cell phones, their iPads, and... That's just right now, it's, it's more of, you know, for some it's an addiction. You know, you, your phone is the last thing you look at when you go to bed, and the first thing that you open your eyes, you're grabbing your phone. Mm-hmm. As if something transpired overnight that you have to respond to, you know, immediately, you know, you're, you're waiting for that beep or you're waiting for whatever. Is that just something that's straight across the board? I mean, because... There are statistics out there that's more like across the board where now if you look at your phone, there are apps to shut you off and lock you out. Yeah, I do. I have my phone on a on a night where it cuts off at, um, I, say, I think mine cuts off at 9.30 and I get no notification or anything after 9.30 at night until whatever time I set it for in the morning um, to begin to alert me with any kind of notifications. But back to that, what you um, add, I do agree that it's across the board with technology, but I think it's more as expected of millennials because they grew up with technology and they, they're more expected to always be connected all the time. Well, let's ask our IT guy, Mr. Andrew. Well, I'm looking at, at the, the aspect of the millennials are just trying to get into the, the business now. You know, they're finishing up school, they're going to, to work, so they want to make a good impression, so that's why they always want to get, you know, always want to be attached to their technology to be so if something happens, they could be right there to fix it. Is there, I mean, there are some, I've seen some statistics or some things out there in reference to millennials and on the social media aspect 
of having to be connected all the time. Is that an issue with the the millennial workforce or the millennials, the generation thing that's on there, or is that across something that's across the board too as well? I feel like social media may be more of a millennial thing because we grew up with it. It started when we were um, coming up. So I feel that we do compare um, ourselves when we are on social media, and we always have to be connected, stay connected, see what everybody else is doing, and that may sometimes draw us away from the workforce when that's really something we need to be focused on is upgrading in our current life. All right. Now, you said something that was like (laughs) um, the comparing. Do millennials, is there more pressure for millennials to compare themselves to someone else than other generations? And and just to to kind of put this out there, um, again, this is not, you know, we're, we're not putting everyone in a box and saying this is everybody or this applies to everyone. So we don't want, you know, to do that at all. But when it comes to the comparing, I mean, you know, other generations always called it, you know, the Joneses, okay? And so is there more pressure on a millennial to do it, or is it basically just the same as it's always been? Or is it more magnified today because it's more open from a social media aspect? And everybody's looking and everybody's, you know, painting this very rosy picture that's nice, but you don't know what the grass really looks like. You're looking at AstroTurf, but really the grass is all burned. it got some empty spots in it and burnt spots in it and... It may have Kentucky bluegrass here, and it may have some other kind of grass over here. You know, the color may be very alterated. So it's definitely magnified now in in this time because people post every day, everything, whatever they're doing. So, So it's definitely magnified now, and it's definitely easier for people to compare because they're looking at what looks pretty and not the hard work that that person put into it. Right. And also you have, because social media, you can go back and find maybe people you went to high school with or grade school with or college with in your life, and they're showing this picture of how they advanced or they're doing all these awesome things supposedly on social media, and then you compare your life to theirs. And you're like, well, wow, I'm not there, or I don't have those opportunities, or, you know, but we're the same age, so... They have, they've really grown within their um, personal and maybe even their career, um, and then you're comparing yourself to that. But does that create more of a self-esteem? Well, yeah, obviously it creates more of a self-esteem problem, but does it magnify that even more, where it becomes more important for a person to know who they are? Yes, it does. I feel that, like you said, it does become a self-esteem issue. It makes you kind of look back at yourself and think, what could I be doing better? Or how can I make this change in my life? What do I really want to be doing with my life within the workforce? Do you, and I guess in, uh, along those lines, what do you do to keep yourself focused then so that you don't get distracted? You don't get distracted by, okay, they got this. I'm, 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 
you know, they got this. It's not impossible to accomplish it, but because they have that, is that something I really want? What do I want? What What's fulfilling to me? Is that a difficult question with all of the social media, I'm, I'm going to call it distraction? Is that more difficult to focus on what, make, what makes you tick? Yeah, I do. I, I think it does make it more difficult to find out exactly what you want out of life because you're looking at everybody else and you're you're trying to figure out how did they get to that um, point in their life or whatever step they took to get to where they at. Do you want to follow that same road or do you look within yourself and find exactly what you want to do? It might not get the same return. Like you might not have all those lavish things that they have, but at least you're happy because you don't know behind the scenes if they're truly happy. They could be the most unhappy person, but they have all of these things and they're just posting stuff on social media, making it look so glamorous, but it's really not the reality. So definitely um, self-reflect. It gives you the opportunity to learn yourself and see exactly what you want to do in your life um, versus comparing it to others. And then sometimes you have to withdraw from social media um, just to take that time to find yourself because it's so much like you said, social media noise out there and distractions um, that can take up so much time of your day in particular if you're always on air. But you you said something key. You said something that caught my attention. You said things. Do you you find that it's easier, and, and same thing, this could go across all generations, do you find that people define themselves and things more so now than in those intangibles. Yeah. It's, it's because things, obviously, things are going to wear out. They're going to go out of style. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to remember. It's going to get old. It needs to be repaired. It needs to upkeep. Mm-hmm. So you're going to work to get it. you got to work to keep it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to end up replacing it at some point. Right, right. It doesn't matter if it's a car, if it's a house, or whatever the things are. There's things that's attached to it. So, do I guess does those concepts or those that thought process ever enter into if people are defining themselves by things and not the intangibles, the intangibles that I really like me, mm-hmm. flaws and all, I like me. Right. We all have flaws, flaws and all, I like me. I I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable with the goals I set for myself, is that more challenging today? Because it's, it's, the, it's not the intangibles that people value more. They value the stuff more. Is, is that more the focus? Yeah, I believe so because when you look at TV, social media, computer, like even websites, everything is about promoting something, some kind of product. It's not about... Like, you rarely see people showing their family, but if it is, it's still with something behind it. So the society or, or, you know, the things that's going on makes it seem like you're not successful unless you have these things. Like, you're, you're not reaching your potential unless you have all these material things behind you to show it. Andrew, do you have any thoughts on that? No, just that we're uh, very materialistic as, as a, a group. We want stuff. Is it just the group or is it society today? Because I can I I can say that I believe it was baby boomers that they were originally were were known to have this same concept 
um, there too as well? So has it just become society or is it just millennials? I would say society because everybody wants things and it's just become they either want new car, new phone, things. So that makes them feel special for some reason. <laughs> Which is nothing wrong. Right. There's nothing, you know, let's, let's make sure we stress. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. That's what we work for. Mm-hmm. You know, but at some point we have to ask ourselves the question, does the stuff have us or do we have the stuff? Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's a difference in the two. And if the stuff has us, then maybe that's what's stressing us out, mm-hmm. is that the stuff has us. And when the stuff gets old, we have to trade it in for a new model mm-hmm. <laughs> and work even harder to get the new model. And so it becomes like a never-ending cycle. Which also kind of plays into technology because when you think about the cars, every car that comes out every year has a little more technology to keep you plugged in. you got the Wi-Fi in the cars now. Like, it's always something to to make you want the new stuff, but to also keep you with technology, because then you have the GPS and navigation in the cars and everything. So it's, it still rolls back around to technology, actually, when you think about it. Because your iPad, your, your iPad in there, your iPhone, you know, all of those things can be connected in there. Your kids can watch their videos or play their video games. Yes. You know, on there, so, you know, it is what it is. But now, one of the other things um, that I noticed that is a misconception is that the younger workforce do not know how to communicate. Is that a, a myth or, you know, what? Where Where is that coming from? What, why is that thought process out there? that image is out there? I think it's more social skills that um, I've noticed a decline in. Um, even, like, with my children that are young, they everything is technology-based. Like, they don't even learn how to write in cursive in school anymore. So I had to take it in the, the initiative and upon myself to teach them cursive, to teach them how to go in the library and ask for a book. Like, it's just the social um, communication skills because everything is done through email or a text message versus actually people face-to-face interaction. Yeah, and I think that, like she said, with technology, they lose that face-to-face interaction. Face-to-face interaction is important because through technology you can get something completely different if, if you don't put a smiley face at the end mm-hmm. or if you don't make it known this is how you feel or this is what you're saying it can be misconstrued into something completely different. Do you think that that hinders the problem-solving skills for some, Andrew? Um, well, uh, definitely. I mean, you can't go up to your boss and say, oh, I'm going to send you a text for this, what I need to talk to you about in person. But I'm just going to text you. I mean, you can't do that. But, I mean, you say the, the lack of communication is a misconception. Uh, I was thinking about it, just hearing it. Now, I know it's not really right communication, but really with, you know, online and text and social media and all that, you could go under an alias and let your true self out. So, I mean, it's not really a lack of communication if you're really saying it. I mean, the lack of communication comes from not knowing who's actually saying it, 
But, I mean, you're saying what you truly feel when you do that. But if you go under, quote, unquote, an alias, and, and people do that, why can't you have enough in yourself to, to actually speak the way that you feel openly? There's nothing wrong to, uh, you know, agree to disagree. Everyone should be free to express their opinions. That's the wonderful thing about being in this country, mm-hmm. is that you're able to freely express yourself, but you also should be able, when we go back to those problem-solving skills, you know, I grew up at a time where we had debate. Awesome. You, whether you, you, you have both sides. And, and you, you're able to actually see and view both sides and value the opposing opinion. And so trying to hide behind a screen to, you know, an, an alias to express your true self, that doesn't solve anything because the other individual doesn't get the opportunity to actually have a, a productive conversation with you. And where both of you can learn from each other. Because you can learn from either side. You have the opportunity to learn from the other one. So why is it more prevalent, I guess I will ask the question, for people to go under an alias? Well, I guess it could be an issue with feeling that your opinion is valued. So maybe you feel like you won't get the response um, that you're seeking if you went directly to that person and had that conversation. Maybe that you might feel like you're... Um, opinions might get overshadowed or cast aside, and they feel the need to go under as an alias to be able to say exactly what they want to say. But is that devaluing your opinion? It is. Because instead of them devaluing your opinion, (laughs) you're devaluing your own opinion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is. And I think it's also about maybe a fear of being too honest. They don't know how to provide constructive criticism or provide um, positive feedback. They, it's all about communicating the right, the right way. They may not communicate in the correct manner. When you say they, the, the individuals or the person that's having the conversation with the other person. Okay. So you're saying it may not be perceived correctly? Correct. But then doesn't that give that's where... The two get to talk it out? They can talk it out, but if the individual doesn't have the right problem-solving skills, it may end up going completely wrong. But that can also be a, a way of teaching them how to develop problem-solving skills. And, and But it also, I mean, we live in a world where it is just like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And so... If you don't interact with everyone, you'll never know how to present yourself to that particular chocolate. Right. Okay. Right. You're not going to know, you know, okay, this is what I'm dealing with, so this is how I need to approach it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't try it, and this is one of those things where if you don't, you know, start to say, okay, it's not a right and a wrong. Start looking at things as a learning experience, you know, instead. Right, and that's um, where diversity comes into play. Like, to have those different opinions and different outviews and to be open and receptive to it, that's the most important thing is to be open and receptive because the world would be a very, very boring place if everybody had the same outlook and the same views of everything. So, 
definitely have that or having that open communication um, and being receptive to different viewpoints because you can always learn. You can learn from everybody. So just being receptive and not quick to shut down the opinion but to understand why they felt that way or understand or looking at it from a different point of view is very important. Yes. Okay. In this portion of the segment, we're going to deal with a couple of other stressors that the young workforce experiences today. One of the things that we've seen as stressors is when we started on talking about being problem-solving skills on that communication side and kind of just keeping that same vein, there is one at least maybe a misconception and also maybe a little bit of a communication thing that millennials are highly sheltered. Talk to me about that, Andrew. Well, you know, we grew up in a time with a lot of dangerous stuff happening in the world, like terrorist attacks and school shootings. Uh, so we've been kind of brought up where everybody would solve the problems for us, so we wouldn't have to really get involved too much. Does that hinder? Does that hinder you guys? The same thing, problem-solving skills. Yeah, if everybody does everything for us, how are we supposed to solve stuff on our own? How are we supposed to fix the problem? So, I guess, do you guys look at that and, and try to, I guess, now tell others, you know, I need to do some things for myself now that I'm starting a family or I have a family and those the skill sets that your parents and grandparents had in problem solving you know, how does that come into play with you? Uh, well, I guess definitely looking for the, the resources to help you problem solve and grow is important. I agree. The, having the resources to be able to solve certain situations on your own, it could be either buying a car, buying a house, a lot of those things. Personally, I had to figure out on my own or figure out which avenue I want to go with those resources. Do you guys think that um, on the enabling side, has it prepared you for life since you, the the sheltering aspect, or what? What, what, What's your thought process on that? Well, I think right now the society is a little bit different, as Andrew mentioned, mentioned, like the terrorist attack and high school shootings and things like that, so the whole outlook is a little bit different, so you have to approach it in that, that sense also that it is different how it was when our parents were younger versus as it is now. So a lot of stuff is done through technology now versus when it wasn't before. So um, a lot of times there's no need to even leave the house. You know, you have the the different food services that deliver to your house. You have the groceries that can be delivered to your home. So it, it kind of it's kind of like a catch twenty two because society limits us too with all the different advancements in technology and services and things like that. Do you? Um, I think we talked a little bit earlier about the things aspect of of from that side and some of the stresses. What are the stressors? In that, in that enablement, and or that in, you know, the sheltering. Where are some of the stresses that you guys feel? Well, I think it can also increase anxiety when you are put in these various situations that you're not used to being placed in, being able to problem solve or 
um, find solutions to the whatever you're facing is something that might be a challenge that would create anxiety and make you, you know, make people overthink or feel that there is no answer um, or just get overly excited on something that is really not that important or that serious. They're losing kind of like that, that coping skill. Now, I, I think, Andrew, you brought it up in reference to the terrorist attack and all of those things, which obviously became about within your generation. And so obviously everyone, you know, everything changed for everyone in the entire world. But you brought up the, the aspect of being sheltered and, and trying to be protected and, and everyone protecting you. But don't, you know, in my time, you used to call it stranger danger. Mm-hmm. But if you're on social media and you're telling everything where you're at and all of that, and then Marilyn, you just brought up the coping skills and not being able to do that, where's the balancing act, I guess, in that? Because you're opening yourself up to, quote, unquote, stranger danger mm-hmm. when you're posting everything on social media and everyone gets to know everything about you, like, okay, they're going to be here at this point, this time, or they're here at this point, this time. And, you know, how do you guys cope with that? How do you balance that? How do you balance the safety aspect of your social media world? Right, and that's what it is important is being able to balance. Um, to know what to put out there versus what to keep private is it has to be that that guideline or that border set within yourself to know there's certain things I'm not going to post on social media, like, every single time I leave the house or where you're going or where you're going on trips um, or to know when to post those things maybe a couple of weeks after you come back so that you do try to prevent that, um, that, that danger that could be out there. I agree. I think it's very important to keep a lot of things off of social media because it can also affect you in the workforce. Like, uh, people post anything that they want to, but they don't know the, the repercussions that come along with it. So I feel that at least 90% should be private, and then maybe 10% you can post. If it's, it's an article that you like or even song that you like, whatever it is, as long as it's not based upon your personal and work life. Is, is there a, and, and Andrew, you may be able to address this more because you're on the technology side, it, knowing that everything that you put out there on the Internet lives forever, <laughs> on some hard drive, some place, it's there. Does that thought process stress you guys out at all? Or is that like a non-starting? Don't think about it, just go ahead and just post it or not? Personally, I think about it because that's, I feel like a lot of things are private and that's like invading your privacy. So I know it's important not to post a lot of things. So it, 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 I wouldn't say it's a stressor for me, but I would say it's something that, that does cross my mind. Well, you know, if you, you know, post something now and you might be immature now when you post it and then it, it does come back later on, you know, job interviewers, they find it. They're like, hey, you know, you you posted this 10 years ago, so it, it should stress people out because, you know, you it's going to be brought back up. So you got to be aware of what you're doing. 
Do you, let's talk about, I guess, a little bit on, you guys mentioned the benefits. Mm -hmm. What did you guys mean about the benefits? So I, I think what we kind of meant about that is, like now, with the lack of security and social security, um, a lot of millennials have to come up with other ways to save for their future in retirement. So having a um, employer that offers maybe 401k or your know, 401k match um, and looking towards the future versus right now is another thing that's very important. And it's also stressful because you definitely want to be able to retire one day. And it seems like every time we look at the news, the retirement age seems to get older and older. And so that brings stress. I know that personally brings stress to me, my own self, because I do not want to work forever. But I know I can't depend on Social Security because everything that I keep hearing is that by the time I do retire, it would not be any funds in Social Security for me. So how do you guys feel about that? Because you say for those of you that have paid into it, whatever amount that you've been in the workforce, how do you feel about you've paid into something that you will might not receive anything out of? Well, it, it does bother me in a in a sense, but also I do think of the the value that it adds because now we have to look towards for one k like we have to research and try to find other ways to save for ourselves. So it kind of forces us to be more proactive in our future versus just waiting for our Social Security. I feel bad for when I look at some some places like the city of Detroit, which had to, like, reduce their pension or actually cut it out for some of their current employees. It, it That hurts to think about things like that, but I've understood it. I've accepted it at this point, and I just like it's, it's up to me to be proactive in my own future, like researching 401K or even stocks in general. Like, it forced me to take a class on how to read stocks, how to buy stocks. It just helped. To me, it helped me in my own personal life. I agree as well. Um, it has forced me to kind of, not force, but has made me want to prepare for when I get to that age or when I'm ready to retire. It is something that you definitely have to think about the different options that you do have, um, and it gives you the chance to be educated on, on 401Ks and IRAs. So do you guys just look at, when you say benefits aspect of it, and just to talk about the hit, what we call the hit and paycheck, do, are millennials aware, you know, it's not just a loss on the Social Security side for you, but those employers that are paying the exact same thing in the Social Security that you paid in for you on there, that hidden paycheck, those benefits also are lost. So if, if you paid X number, you know, into Social Security, they also paid X number for you into Social Security. But those benefits, all of those are lost. But at that same time, yes, you do want to look at a 401K, but what other investments should you look at to, to prepare for, quote, unquote, your retirement if that's the biggest thing on your mind? Do you guys think about that at all? Like, I may need to have multiple streams of, of, of income coming in at that time, not just Social Security or not just the 401 because the 401K, just to give a little bit of a background, you actually would not start drawing from that. Right now the current age is 70 and a half. It's called the required minimum distribution. So unless you want to work till you get to be 70 and a half, and when your Social Security kick in, I think at that point too as well for you guys for the age limit for you, do you really want to go till 70? And realizing 
70 today is really not 70 anymore. Right. Right. So by the time you get to be 70, it may be the new 40. Mm -hmm. You know, so are you exploring other things? If it's a stressor, are you exploring other revenue-generating areas if you want to retire before 70 and have an income coming in? I've thought about it, personally. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's very important to have uh, different streams of revenue just to protect yourself and to have a backup plan if you do have a family. Um, because you don't want to get down to, to 70 and you have nothing, or even before 70, before your 401k hits, and then you're just kind of scrambling around. Okay. And, as, and as Marilyn mentioned regarding, you know, pension funds, pension funds are, most companies no longer offer them anymore um, because they were, they had to be funded by the company or the municipality or whatever, that issued them, they were called defined benefit. They went to more defined contribution, which is the 401k. But knowing that we have turbulent markets and different economic cycles, if you don't diversify, you know, your retirement savings, if that's something that's important to you and, and looking for different revenues or different avenues that provide income, we could have an economic downturn where you do have a market effect. So it's important for you to, to, and this goes back to the individual person, your own makeup and what you're doing for yourself, how do you provide various revenue streams? What, what's going to be that, that avenue? I mean, as we're recording this, we're in a government shutdown. I think we, we have five clients that is, you know, three of those five work for TSA. The other two are government contractors. Government contractors, they don't get back pay. TSA, they will, they, but these, the three that works for TSA, those are second jobs for them. So they have another income stream coming in. So, and, and those three are actually millennials too. So for them, they took the second job in order to, you know, fund whatever their, their goals are. So they're not like some that may have worked for the government that only have this one stream of income coming in, okay? And so you always want to keep that in mind, and it doesn't, you know, you guys have at least lived long enough to understand and to see that it doesn't matter how big the company is or how small the company is or how long a company has been in, in existence, they're going bankrupt every single day or going out of business every single day. And so you have to learn to, you know, take some of the stress off of yourself, and this applies to all generations, um, what I'm saying to you. Uh, you have to learn how to, what's going to be good for your household, what's going to work within your household and for yourself, so that you don't, you know, your future is not tied up in someone or a company or something or government or anything like that. And this is part of taking responsibility for yourself and looking out for yourself. And that's where, you know, those problem-solving skills come in that we talked about earlier. That's where the ability to sit down, communicate with someone else comes in a lot easier. But then at that same time, you know, that's where you can utilize your social media skills. 
you know, and, and get the word out, I'm looking for this, so I'm trying to figure out this. I mean, you can basically look up any and everything and get information on it, true or false, so you have to investigate it, you know, in there, but you can find the information, you know, there today. What other misconceptions did you guys see out there? Or opportunities, even. Well, another one that we were speaking, um, we were talking about the benefits um, within a company, um, another one in the structure is definitely health care benefits is finding, you know, an employer because um, of the Affordable Care Act and um, and I know what what is going on with that at the same time, but and that is something that's very important to everyone because people are living longer and there's a lot of advancement in medicine. And so um, having an opportunity to have an employer is not cover all of your health care um, premiums or maybe half is something that's important to um, everyone, but I believe it's important to millennials also. Do you guys think that, um, but we have a question that came in, so I'm going to get to that, but I want to ask you this, this quick question. There's a lot of information or things that's out there, you know, where as a government or as a nation that we're addressing, that's in other countries already have, universal health care for all of their, their, their citizens. Do you guys think health care is a right or a, a privilege, or, or where do you guys stand on that? So I, I personally feel like it should be a right because everybody should have the opportunity to seek health care and not feel or feel like they have to weigh paying for their medicine versus paying their utility bill or going to the doctor versus paying their house note because it's very costly when you don't have health care coverage. So I believe it's something that it should be offered to everyone. What about you, Andrew? I mean, it, it, everybody should have the opportunity to get health care if they need it. They shouldn't be held back by financial issues. So you would say it's a right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can Sasha? I would say it's a right as well. Um, like Marilyn said, they shouldn't have to choose between paying a house note or paying for the medicine. I just feel um, that everybody needs health care coverage, especially if they have kids. We have a question that came in, and the question reads, what do millennials need from their employers or bosses to help reduce stress? Because ultimately we want a happy, productive worker. I would say they need good communication. That's important. They also need, along with that communication, different opportunities. So if the worker is being consistent and doing their job to full 100%, then they deserve, um, well, they deserve the opportunity to explore growth. I agree. And um, like we were speaking of the benefits, certain benefits are, are important to um, millennials. Um, if it be that 401k or even a healthcare benefit, maybe um, having a flexible schedule if the position permits it to maybe work from home for days of the week um, and offering a work-life balance. That's something that's very important. Allowing that time, allowing the employee to feel comfortable to say, okay, at this time I'm done with work for this day and I don't have to feel pressure to check my email or, you know, answer a phone call, and my employer respects that. Uh, one thing could be that letting 
the millennial know why they're doing something. So instead of just saying, you know, I want you to do this because I said so, you know, give them a reason why. So they're not just going like, uh, you know, why do I have to do this? There's no sense to this. So let them know, you know, you're doing this because it's going to affect this in the organization, which will be a plus. Right, which kind of ties back to that communication. So um, having an open communication and dialogue with your employees is important because employees want to know what's going on with the company, um, where you see the vision for the company going, and they want to offer their, I guess, their knowledge to be um, involved in helping the organization get to that level. Okay. Do you guys see, uh, we're coming quick to a close, but I wanted to get in to, to just ask this quick question in reference to um, along those same lines. Do you guys see that, I guess, that your participation um, in organizations, do you feel that it's valued? Are you referring to participation like outside of work activities or? No, in, inside of work. I mean, you're in your, in, I guess, in general, do you feel that your participation, the, the, the participation of what you're providing to the company or what you're bringing to the company, you know, is it valued or is it overshadowed by other stuff? Are you getting, well, let me phrase it this way. Are you getting the opportunity to shine in the company where somebody notices it? Do you think that those things, those opportunities are presenting itself for millennials? I think so um, because there's a lot of new companies that, that are coming about and they value that opinion of the younger generation. They value that opinion of ways to grow their company in a different way. And it's like the um, same thing as like diversity. They value that different aspects. So I think going forward, they want to attract the, the new millennials and the generation that they have to be forward thinking in and value those opinions that they hear from their um, millennials. I agree. Um, I think that it is value of what they do and what they bring to the company. And I always believe that if you don't think someone's watching, somebody's watching what you're doing within that company and what you're bringing to the company and what you're adding. Do you guys, is it, you know, are you guys more willing to put yourself out there um, in, in terms of your ideas, your ideas to advance the company? Are those opportunities readily available for you in companies? I believe so. I believe those opportunities are there because, like I said, the companies know that if they're forward-thinking and know the way to the future, then they would value those opinions. And so you feel that you're at least being heard or there there are avenues for you to be heard. Yes. Is it more from the standpoint of male, female? Do females have more opportunities, do you see, than in the past? Or is it still pretty equal? Do you see the, the inequities in in as a millennial, as other generations have, between the male, female, and, and the glass fillings and all of those things? Yes, I think it's still this. I think it's still there. I think we're making strides to to get to change it, but it still does exist. All right. Well, we've come to the close of another podcast, and we thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope to have this podcast up onto our website so that you can share it. There with others, but we will be right back here on next week uh, with the podcast. So be sure to join us again. And thank you very much, and have a great day.